This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, July 12, 2011. I'm Caleb Brown. A new study of Medicaid recipients in Oregon is shedding new light on the prospects for Obamacare. But the lessons many are taking from that study are the wrong ones. So says Michael Cannon, Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. Some of the nation's top health economists just released the most important health insurance study in the last 30 years. Supporters of Obamacare are calling this vindication of Obamacare and its expansion of Medicaid and uh, health insurance to 32 million Americans. It's, but it's not a vindication of Obamacare at all. The devil's in the details here, obviously. What uh, was the nature of this study? How did it, how did it come about? For decades... Scholars and others have debated the benefits of expanding health insurance to more Americans, particularly government-provided health insurance like the Medicaid program for the poor. There's been a lot of debate because there hasn't been a lot of good evidence. To get good evidence about whether Medicaid improves health outcomes, whether it makes people more financially secure, you would have to randomly assign some people to get Medicaid and randomly assign some people not to get Medicaid. And a lot of people think that would be unethical. But what happened in Oregon in 2008 was... Oregon had decided it had enough money to enroll another 10,000 people in its Medicaid program, but only 10,000 people, and it had 90,000 people signing up for it. So they decided to give away those slots by lottery. That me- Lottery means randomization. The nation's top health economists said, wait a second, let us measure what you're doing. So they did. They took measures of healthcare utilization, of financial security, of health outcomes, and... They just released their first batch of results after the first year, and what they found was really what you would expect to find. When the government takes $3,000 from taxpayers and gives it to a Medicaid enrollee, that Medicaid enrollee benefits. They consume more medical care. That's not really a, a benefit per se, but there were some modest improvements in financial security. They were less likely to have a bill sent to collection or have to borrow money or skip paying other bills in order to pay for medical care. And there were some gains in self-reported health. Now, notably, there wasn't any reduction in emergency room use, which is one of the things, or or any um, discernible reduction in emergency room use, which is one of the benefits uh, that uh, supporters of Obamacare have promised would come with expanded health insurance coverage, nor were there any reductions in mortality among those who got Medicaid relative to those who did not get Medicaid. Now, you might say we wouldn't expect to see any reductions in mortality after just one year of the study. This is a population of adults between 19 and 64 years of age. Mortality rates are low. But on the other hand, this is consistent with previous research that showed that in its first 10 years of operation, the Medicare program, which covers a much older, much less healthy group, didn't see any mortality improvements in the first 10 years. In other words, Medicare didn't save a single life in in its first 10 years of operation. So supporters of Obamacare, though, have taken what modest health improvements and gains in financial security the Oregon health insurance experiment identified and said, well, this is vindication for Obamacare. When what they're really talking about is as a transfer payment 
it functioned like a transfer payment does. Exactly. For an experiment like this to make the case for Obamacare, it would have to do more than just show that there are benefits to transfer payments or to payments in transfer payments in kind. It would have to show that there are benefits and that those benefit and that this this particular policy intervention delivered those benefits at the same or at a lower cost than the alternatives. And this study says nothing about what those alternatives might be. And if you ask health economists, they'll tell you there are lots of health interventions, policy interventions that the government could fund that would probably deliver health gains this great or even greater, but at a much lower cost, like programs that expand access to highly effective therapies, such as for hypertension and diabetes. And as far as financial security goes, one of the there's also a, a menu of options that the government could pursue. The most important ones would probably be options that expanded job creation that help lift the poor out of poverty. There is another issue here, and that is how people who talk about this define cost-effectiveness to begin with? Well, there's been a lot of misinformation spread about this study so far. Some have claimed that it uh, shows that Medicaid save li- saves lives when it clearly did not show that. Others have said that this study is cost of, uh, shows that Medicaid is cost-effective just because it shows it, that Medicaid has benefits. But that's not what cost-effectiveness means. Cost-effectiveness means that it produces benefits and it does so at a lower co- or equal cost as the alternatives. But I think the most important thing about this study isn't really even the results. It's what it, this stu- study's very existence tells us about Obamacare and what I like to call the church of universal coverage. For a century or more, the American left has been pushing this idea that the government should provide health insurance to everybody. And they've been doing so without knowing what sorts of benefits that would deliver or the cost, the total cost to society of those benefits. In 2009 and 2010, President Obama and his supporters in Congress rammed a Medicaid expansion through Congress rather than wait for the results of an ongoing study that would actually tell them what sorts of benefits that Medicaid expansion might deliver. And at the same time, supporters of Obamacare are trying to use that law to cajole doctors into practicing what they call evidence-based medicine. They were at the same time diving headfirst into what we might call evidence-free policymaking. At the same time that Obamacare supporters are trying to get physicians to practice evidence-based medicine, they themselves were diving headfirst into evidence-free policymaking. Michael Cannon is Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. Read more of his work at Cato.org.